0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. Uh, We're here in our little group here in the studio, uh, the uh, True Oldies Station in North Palm Beach, Florida, but we're uh, broadcasting all over the place. We've got a lot of other ways to get to you, the channels, YouTube, youtube.com, forward slash Earl and Cars, and Facebook. i uh, love to hear from you. Uh, we love the phone calls. We've been getting a lot of phone calls. We love phone calls from the ladies <laughs> and the gentlemen, and we have a female advocate by my side, my co-host, Nancy Stewart, that is begging you, you ladies out there, to call the show. Got a real special offer for you. In a few minutes, I'll turn the mic over to her, and she'll tell you all about that. But meanwhile, if you've got a chance, the show just started. It's a two-hour show. It's live radio, folks. That's about as exciting as it gets. I mean, I know live television or maybe even live streaming might be considered pretty exciting, too. But uh, talk shows, uh, live radio talk shows is uh, really something that... Uh, is uh, There's not too many left, right? And there uh, used to be a lot of them. Uh, we uh, make mistakes. Uh, we uh, say things that we wish we hadn't said. That's exciting, you know. It's uh, also exciting to the studio. That's the reason they have the disclaimer at the beginning of the show saying they're not responsible for what we say. So that's the reason we think uh, we're unusual. We'd like you to uh, tune us in. Uh, we do something that's outrageous, And, uh, you know, outrageous is uh, exciting. It's fun. Uh, And that's called a mystery shopping report. Uh, Stay tuned. It's toward the end of the show. We're on for two hours, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Toward the end of the show, the last half hour, we uh, uh, have a mystery shopper that has been inside a car dealership somewhere in the United States. Uh, Pennsylvania, actually, today and uh, we have a live mystery shopping report of a Kia dealership in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, so Agent Lightning, that's the name of our... That's our not, not the real name. <laughs> that's the undercover name of our undercover agent, Agent Lightning, I went into a Kia dealership in Pennsylvania and uh, pretended to buy a car. Uh, and uh, she didn't record mentally she recorded and then she wrote down everything that happened we named the dealership, we named the salesperson the sales manager uh, everything, real live uh, and we do this every week been doing it for 20 years so if that is enough to get your attention I, I, I don't expect you to listen to two hours of the show but some people do um, I don't think personally that we're all that good but some people do but uh, we have a lot of information besides the Mystery Shopping Group. That's kind of like, remember the old days? You old, folks are old enough to remember the old double-featured movies. There was always a cartoon, sports, news. It's, it's kinda of spice up the, the show. So we, uh, the Mystery Shopping Group is not only informative, but it spices up the show. The nuts and bolts, uh, the, the, the really important part of the show is information. And we provide you with a lot of real-life information. Uh, because we're car dealers. Uh, in in dis- full disclosure, 100% transparency, we have a car dealership. And uh, in fact, I've been a car dealer since 1968. Um, about 20 years ago, I I reformed. I call myself a recovering car dealer now because I look back on the way I sold cars. Kind of shameful, actually. I even read a book about it. And uh, so I tell you how not to get ripped off by car dealers. But in addition to that, Uh, We tell you how to have your car maintained or repaired uh, without being taken advantage of. And and also be accurate and, and be sure you take good care of your car, but not too good a care where you're wasting your money. So we have Rick Kearney, a certified diagnostic master technician. He's sitting immediately to my right here. And if you have a problem with your car... Rather than go in blindly into some repair shop and say, uh, "Here's my checkbook. Uh, I'll sign right here. Fix it. Put your name and an uh, amount in." I know you don't do that, but I mean, sometimes when you go in there and just say, "Fix my car," that's basically what you're uh, you're doing. You'll be taken advantage of. Uh, call Rick. Uh, describe your symptoms. I don't mean your symptoms. Your car symptoms. And is uh, it squeak? Does it rattle? Does it roll? Does it smell? Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of things that are strange about a car. The light's flashing. Why is that light flashing? And that you know, you know what I'm talking about. So describe that as accurately as you can. You can even send us an audio clip if you want to. You can send it to YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And uh, Rick can uh, listen to it or send him a video clip. You'll watch it uh, or the description. And he can save you a ton of money. I mean, we've had a lot of people... Uh, call in, very, very worried about the car, thinking about trading it in, selling it, or spending a lot of money on it. And Rick says, just don't worry about it. That's not a problem. That's normal. I mean, it's it's not going to go away, but if you can live with that tick, 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 it's not going to... So you might get really good news, save yourself a lot of money. On the other hand, it might be the other way. You know, that could be serious. You need to get it checked out, and you'll hear what Rick has to say. Really, really good information. Rick Kearney, and you can call Rick directly, At 877-960-9960, or call me or Nancy or Stu, my son, sitting across from me, uh, and uh, ask questions about buying a car or leasing a car. 877-960-9960. Write the number down, please, if you haven't got time to call, and if you're not driving your car. uh, If you write the number down and you're listening, you'll probably have a question. I mean... uh, Everybody's got questions. We have questions. We learn from you. Um, we have a text number, 772 A lot of people get a little bit nervous about uh, live radio. I don't blame you. So if you'd prefer just to text us, we might not get to it in the next 20 minutes, but we'll get to it before the end of the show, and we will address your text. And that text mm-hmm. number again is 772 497 6530. Uh, I love the anonymous feedback number. And if I don't talk about it, because nobody else has this, I don't think, except us, well, that's not true. Uh, a lot of blue chip companies use this number or this URL. It's a web link. And uh, you, you get on this web link and you can communicate with us, ask us questions, you can attack us, you can uh, uh, swear at us. You can give us information. You can do anything we we want, and we don't know who you are. It's totally anonymous. Ultimate privacy. Privacy is the key word. That's a a buzzword. Privacy. Not enough privacy. Well, we're giving you total privacy with youranonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Feedback.com. Your anonymousfeedback.com and we will address those issues and you can be as candid as you want. Some people use it just to ask a question. They tell us who they are anyway. I mean, it's a good way to get through. It's about like a text if you don't want to be anonymous, but we cannot find out no matter if you, when you send it in, we don't know where you send it from. It goes through a screening machine of some kind that, uh, Uh, you couldn't beat it out of us because we don't know your name or identity. We don't know where you are, who you are. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, I'm going to give that number out one more time because we prefer the number. Uh, Nancy Stewart, to my left, she monitors all the calls. They go through Jeremy in the control room, and they go on her laptop, and she sees who's calling, and we have a limited number of lines, about five, and so we address the calls immediately. So if we had a call waiting now, Nancy would tap me on the shoulder or throw something at me, and I'd look over at her, and she would put you on the line. So you don't have to wait that long. At least we're trying very, very hard. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And as I said, here's a very special offer For you ladies that are listening, if you haven't listened to the show before and you are female, you have a really, really cool offer that Nancy's going to tell you about right now.
1: Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl on Cars. You're going to have a ball for the next two hours and learn a lot. And we learn a lot from you. You are a big part of the show, and we thank you for joining us. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to start off with Earl's latest column uh, that you would most enjoy, and it's most common mistakes, servicing and repairing your car. You can go to Earl on Cars, and you can read the column, or you can uh, find it in the Hometown News or in the Florida Weekly. So it's a great read. As always, and there are so many others on uh, that uh, website, Earl on Cars. Uh, Ladies, this morning I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call and win yourself $50 this morning. And, um, you know, some of the things that I talk about week in and week out is doing your homework, so important. Uh, because unfortunately, walking into a car dealership with no plan in place, it just leaves you wide open for potentially unsavory sales tax tactics. So uh, do your homework, find out what you want, what you can afford, and uh, there's no place like Consumer Report to go to, first of all, and also Edmonds. You can go to Edmonds.com. You can go to Kelly Blue Book. Uh, there are just a lot of options uh, for you to take advantage of and to prepare yourself to purchase a vehicle. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And as Earl said, don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go straight to Howard, who's been holding. Uh, I think he's still there. Nope, he hung up. Okay, Howard, give us a call back. Sorry I didn't make you wait that long. Uh, We're going to go to David. Uh, David is calling us from... Let's see, where is he calling us from? He's calling us from...
0: Southern Arabia.
1: He's calling Yemen. us from Texas. <laughs> hi, David. Welcome.
2: Hi. Oh, hi. hi. You talking to me? Yes, yeah, we got David.
1: You. Thank you. Okay.
2: You're in uh, Texas,
1: yeah.
2: huh? Uh, actually, at the moment, I'm in Florida. I I I, I drive regularly between uh, West Texas and South Florida. Great. And I go through, you know, obviously Louisiana. Uh, Alabama and Mississippi, as well as Florida and Texas, and uh, all the way through Florida and all the way through Texas, because where I go in Texas, is close to El Paso. And I'm hoping to buy a slightly used Ford pickup, and uh, I, I have some, you know, agricultural interest. Uh, not, not, I'm just a small-timer. <laughs> just, just, just uh, you know, I do a little agricultural type of work. But anyway... Uh, I was wondering, is there a best I'm trying to get the best price and uh so I was wondering is there a best place between those areas where I might look
3: uh, uh what, do you,
0: what, what do you think, Stu? Auto Trader?
3: I would think start looking on Auto Trader, but as far as okay. like the actual places that you can actually find in Texas, um, you know, across your whole uh, route to Florida, it would be CarMax's. Um, in our experience, when we have mystery shop uh, dealerships, they have priced their cars uh, more fairly than others. Uh, there's less games to play. Um, okay. And the fees, the junk fees, um, they might have a small one, like a 200 or $300 junk fee, depending on the state that they're in. But they're never going to um, mark it up. They're not going to bait and switch. So you're, you're not going to waste time if you see one of their trucks that you see that you like online online. Um, you're never gonna show up there, and they're gonna, you know, um, add a th- ten thousand dollars to it or sell it out from under you. They're just trustworthy.
0: Yeah, David. The cool thing about AutoTrader Trader is you can put your zip codes in uh, yeah. as many as you want, and that way you'll be able to get uh, a Ford pickup, uh, late model Ford pickup. In uh, okay. the description that you want. So, uh, you, what you what, what you want to do with AutoTrader is build a little list of dealers that have a, a truck uh, closest to the one you want. Then, oh. then you shop and compare the price. So that way you can go to dealer A and say, I can buy this Ford pickup truck at this price uh, if you can meet that price or beat it. And that way you get an, you, you can negotiate online on the, the you don't want to let them switch you to a different vehicle. Stick with a truck You a late model Ford pickup truck and you know specifically what you need to have. And then that way you're going to get a good uh, competitive bidding uh, which is in your favor to get the price down as low as possible
3: okay thank you that's uh,
2: now this is uh I, I apologize for my ignorance but auto trader that's like yeah uh, if, uh, if yeah a that's website. a website
3: that's a website it's, it's, you go to autotrader.com
2: Auto-trader. uh, okay okay and think it's useful
3: because then you can look it, it will list private sellers dealer sellers independents franchise dealers oh, okay. and, and so you can see all that I, um but as far as specific dealers in that area, I would go for an Auto Nation or CarMax. Just any national, okay. uh, a, a chain like that that has like a public company, they're less likely to to, to screw up. I around. just had a
0: thought because you told us about this long trip you take regularly. Uh, yeah. You you could actually go to car, uh, timing timing your trip in there. You could actually go to CarMax anywhere near nearest wherever you happen to be, and uh, they're national, so they have an inventory all over the United. States. States, and you say this is the truck I want, and I travel from South yeah, Florida I, to Texas. I,
2: and, I go on the ten. I go on the ten. Yeah, uh, I you know, go up to Jacksonville from South Florida, and then I go on the ten all the way be, You probably
3: have twenty carmaxes on all along I ten <laughs> between yeah. there and El yeah, Paso. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'd be able to find. You, but see, the point is, wherever you light, wherever you, wherever you're going to be for a while, uh, you can tell CarMax, okay, uh, I want this car. I'll buy it, but I'd like to pick it up here. Yes, uh, yeah. And uh So that would give you a huge advantage over most people because, uh, you know, the transportation and the uh, uh, you, as long as you're sure you can take care of the car you're driving, and they'll buy the car from you uh, so uh, you can trade your car into I'll, CarMax there.
2: Uh, I'm not selling. I'm just I, – I, I'll I have, have my wife. Okay. He'll, he'll,
1: she can drive. Earl, do you think that uh, cars.com is also a great place to go? Earl,
0: no, I don't think. I think CarMax would be a lot better. Yeah.
1: Okay.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, Rick has got a point here that
4: uh, he's been trying to make. Whatever place you happen to pick, try to find yeah. a, a local independent shop near there, and yeah. cut a deal with them to bring the truck over there and have them put it in the air and give it a awesome. thorough inspection. Uh okay. You know, get a get a price quote for them as what they'll charge you for it. But any v any used vehicle, yeah, a yeah. Carfax is a great idea. But get a good independent shop with some mechanics that have some knowledge and have that just say, hey, look, you know, slip the mechanic an extra 20 bucks or a 12-pack of beer or something, but say, hey, I, I really want you to look this over with a fine-tooth comb and, yeah. you know, as though your daughter was going to drive it. That way you know That's you're going to get a quality vehicle.
1: Okay.
0: Then okay. we answer right. your question? Yes, very much so. Well, oh, thank, thank you very
1: much for the call. Good luck to you, David. Oh, okay. Give us a Thanks. call again. We're going to go to Kim, who's calling us from Michigan. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, we're great. Have you called before, Kim?
5: No, no, ma'am. I have not.
1: All righty. I have a great gift for you this morning. That is $50 for the first new lady caller, and you are the first. If you stay on the line after we're finished... Uh, And uh, talk to Jeremy In our control room You can uh, Give him your contact information And he'll give it to me And I'll mail you that check
5: Well thank you
1: You're welcome What can we do for you this morning
5: All right. so I have a 2020 Cadillac Escalade I don't even have 25,000 miles on the vehicle yet But I've noticed On the dash That Sometimes when I'm driving, it says V4, and sometimes it says V8. So when I looked in the owner's manual, it says, well, sometimes it runs on four cylinders for fuel economy, and sometimes it runs on eight. Uh My, My question is how much wear and tear does it actually put on my engine? Because I would think that when it goes from eight to four cylinders, I'm taking away four cylinders of the power that's putting extra stress on the floor. Am I going to have trouble down the line about how much mileage? What's it going to cost? What damage can it cause?
4: No, that, that engine was actually designed that way. And the way they work it, they've, they've got a system that when it shuts down that cylinder, it shuts off the fuel and the spark so that those cylinders don't, they're, they're really just kind of along for the ride at that point. However, they're still getting their lubrication. So you're not putting any harm whatsoever on the engine. And it really only shifts into that four-cylinder mode when you're like cruising along at a steady speed and you don't need all that extra power. And it's it's a very interesting design and it worked That's pretty something. well, actually. Um,
3: yeah, it's kind of neat because when you're driving any car, all the power is needed just getting up to speed. Then you have momentum exactly. and inertia and it takes very little to keep it going along. Yeah. Well,
5: I was just curious I don't have any uh,
3: Well now you know go- now you know nothing's going wrong with your engine now. Yet <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, it is and, a Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> well,
5: kidding. I mean what does that mean? Does it is that a problem
3: engine? No, no, I'm just picking on Cadillac. Sometimes we nah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: My I paid about f miles on it,
4: No, you're in, you're in good shape with that vehicle. And one of the nice things about those Escalades, they hold a lot of resale value, from what I've seen. That's They're, true. People love the Cadillac Escalade. Uh, there's, there's just something about that car that there's there's a very strong following of folks that love them. So yeah, like know, Mike. <laughs> keep that thing in good shape, keep it clean and and, and tidy, and when you're done with it, you're going to be able to turn a nice penny off of that one.
5: Well, you know, I already had somebody offer me way more than I paid for it, so I'm... Good
4: yeah,
1: You're, I you're in good shape, that. Kim.
5: That's right, you're in the yeah. catbird scene.
1: Definitely in good shape. Yeah, sounds like you have a terrible cold.
5: Oh, no, I just have a really deep voice, number one, and I've been on bed rest from a surgery Ooh. after 11 weeks, so I'm kind of like in and out groggy from time to time. Right. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so...
1: You sound great on the air. You're a little raspy, but it sounds good.
5: That's my normal voice. I've always had a kind of raspy lady voice.
3: That's great. Kim,
1: thanks so much for thinking of us and and giving us a call, and I'm glad that uh, we could share that good news with you. You've got a great car. Uh, Hang on to it. Yes,
5: I like that good news. All right, thank you. You all have a very nice Saturday.
1: Stay on the line and talk to Jeremy. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Give us a call again. We're going to talk to uh, Bob, who's calling us from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob.
6: Good morning. Good morning. Happy uh, Washington's birthday weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah. And uh, uh, I remember <laughs> when I was younger, when I was younger, we used to get off from school for Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday.
3: I remember that. Isn't as well.
1: that the truth? Yes, indeed.
3: They combined them? It was a
6: tragedy. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, I have
6: another another horror story about a service experience. All right. A friend of mon- I have a friend of mine. I sent. Uh, he bought two cars from Monex, uh, uh, new, a Ford Ranger truck and a Ford Edge, and they've had the they have had the vehicles for a couple of years. They live up in Palm City, so they're having a problem with the transmission on the Edge, and they uh, they originally. Because they live up there, they went over to uh, Essential Ford first uh, to see if they could, you know, take it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, John Stalupe's son bought that dealership, by the way. And, okay, is that uh, when they, they
3: changed it to um, from uh, Advantage to Essential? The name? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, don't recently it was a name change, so I, I guess that might have yeah, coincided.
6: Well, yeah, well, yeah, Stalupe's son bought that okay. dealership up there. in Stewart, I think yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they told him that they were, you know, what was it? they really were all backed up. And so they brought it back here to Monix, where they bought the vehicles and, uh, they gave them the same story. They said they only had one technician that works on uh, that particular issue. And they would, they had 15 other people in ha ahead of them.
3: Is, and was it was a recall had, issue. Cause
1: that makes, no, no, oh, okay.
6: no, it's a trans- transmission okay, and on an edge. Uh, the vehicle's a few years old and, uh, uh, and, and they had no loan of cars. So now they have to go out and uh, they had to go get a, re- a rental. Uh, and they rented something around here because his wife works over here on uh, PGA Boulevard. But my question is uh, Is this endemic of all the dealerships? They don't have uh, people that can work on these cars. What? Uh, I have only one person that can work on transmissions at a dealership. Is that. Well, Rick te-
0: technicians are hard to hire and uh, yeah, that's not an excuse but it's just a fact and uh, you know it, it's uh, more and more people now are deciding not g- getting into the trades and uh, I guess more and more tend to want to go to college and get a, a white collar job but uh, it's very difficult now to hire skilled technicians now um, uh, it's The dealers compete among themselves, and one of the reasons why service prices are higher is because technicians uh, are earning more, and uh, uh, particularly the ones that are skilled. Today's cars are so complex that I call Rick, sitting on my right here uh, in our our studio, I call him a certified diagnostic master technician, but he's also a computer specialist. Uh, He's in school almost, uh, I say constantly, but two or three times a year, Uh, He has to get recertified, uh, ASC certified, was it every three years or five years? Every five years. Every five years. Uh, Now, let's put it this way. When you go to the doctor, um, uh, uh, your doctor probably got his medical degree 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, A lot of doctors, that's the last time they see the inside of a classroom now you can imagine have someone you know operating on you that uh, hasn't stayed on top of research and operating techniques anesthesia and the rest of it for 20 years or 30 years when you go in to a dealership uh, if you use an asc certified technician he's had to go to school every three years to recertify him and whatever especially was. You mentioned transmissions. Uh, if you go to... Um, uh, you, so you, you see where supply and demand goes. ball well, next, obviously, he's having a problem finding... A guy that's ASE certified in transmissions, and therefore the, the weight. So uh, it's not true of all dealerships, but I wouldn't I wouldn't beat up Mullenix too bad on the fact that he didn't have rental cars or loaner cars available. Most car dealers don't. We don't. I if I get one complaint more frequently, it's because I need a loaner car. They didn't have any cars. We try to find one, even if we had to take a used car or a new car and loan it to them. Our rental car fleet. You know, we've got. What, uh, 30, 40
3: cars on that, um, like Yeah, by like 45, 45,
0: 50. So we have 45, 50 cars, but they're all out, so we don't have right, cars right. on
6: I I, I, I get it. Yeah. But, but my my question to you is, in this type of situation, uh, I guess his, his only recourse is to take it...
3: To, to another dealer.
6: Still, well, yeah, because he can't take it to an independent person because it it's has a so, yeah, warranty right. job, right? Yeah. So and also, it's, to...
3: it's very common, too, like, you know, for like some jobs, the reason I asked if it was a recall because some like recall jobs will specify the techni- technician's training level, and you, you won't. And there might be one guy in the shop that could, that's qualified to do that. Depends oh. on the size of the shop. Um, but yeah, well, everything Earl said is um, just is right on the money. But um, it's kind of tough. Just find another uh, another dealer that's got a, a better um, situation, more techs. Right. All right. Did
6: you ever hear back from? Uh, uh, Mr. Rubio or Mr. Scott
3: on your uh, challenge Mm -hmm. there to come up with a... Unless uh, it happened uh, uh, last night and Earl didn't tell me.
0: Yeah, frankly, we didn't expect it. Uh, I would be, you know, it's just uh, uh, politicians, uh, they're not going to go on record with anything that's going to cost them votes. And uh, they have a a base that they uh, appeal to. They say whatever they have to say. Uh, To get votes, and uh, that's the way it is—a political system. And then after I after I beat up our political system, I say it's the greatest one on earth, and it is. So, it's like everything else. There's no perfect uh, anything. You just want to find the best. We got the best, but it's not good enough. And uh, I uh, uh, I I can't believe that I'll probably gonna. I probably should keep my mouth shut here, but we got a presidential election uh, going on between two losers, and. uh, it's embarrassing that. to me that we have to uh, elect uh, the best of the worst. It would be nice if we, if we had a system, but we don't, uh, that allows us to be more careful in who we select to, be, to hold political office. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, and, and then I've got to go back before I get attacked by a lot of people. I, I know we have the greatest system in the world. So uh, it's good, but we need to improve it.
6: I was thinking, considering that they they are doing this in the uh, Texas uh, courts, maybe you should offer that challenge to Ted Cruz and Governor Abbott. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. To say. I'll, uh, uh, you guys have a great weekend and enjoy uh, the holiday. Weekend. Thank you, Bob.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> We're gonna go to John uh, first. I'm gonna give out that number again: eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine. Sixty, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We have a long list of politicians that we haven't heard from. Ashley Moody, Governor DeSantis, Rubio. Well, maybe somebody will prove us wrong. What do you think? We're going to go to John, and he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John.
7: Hey, good morning. The, uh wanted to respond to the lady in Michigan about the escal, Escalade. Um, I had a 2003 Honda Odyssey with the, the variable engine, the EcoBoost, mm-hmm. uh, where it dropped from six cylinders to two or whatever it was. And no problem whatsoever. greatest van I ever had. Hmm. Uh, loved that Honda Odyssey.
3: Well, good. I'm glad she, I hope she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> she seemed a little nervous.
7: <laughs> the but after 75,000 miles, uh, the engine mounts had to be replaced. And they told me the reason why the engine mounts had to be replaced was because when the engine uh, made the transition Jolted. from 6 to 4 to 2 or whatever, you had the vibration in there. And when I think engine and motor mounts, I'm thinking 2 because it's old school, back in the 60s and 70s. Well, the Honda Odyssey has 6 engine mounts. Two of those engine mounts are like great big round rubber seals and has ball bearings in them, and that's what would take up the vibration uh, or the transition from the 6 to 4 to 2. And those came in. Now, when I bought motor mounts, they were like $6.50, so they only needed two of them. This, I had to replace six of them. Two of the motor mounts were $750 each that's the only drawback and wow. I, and I tried to It's like put it they did that say, hey, for the dealers <laughs> yeah well the well we took it to independent who changed it for us uh I didn't take it I didn't take it back to the dealer because it was already out of warranty. Yeah, yeah. um so anyways uh and that's a job that I wasn't willing to tackle on my own um so anyways the uh I don't
3: but real quick are, they, times, are these are these were the odyssey motor um, m- mounts were they this like the same you know as as traditional ones or were are they specialized is there was a reason that I mean those,
7: just those two the other the other four motor mounts were just you know connected to the frame okay and that but the, those other two motor mounts that it, it was like a wheel bearing and had a, a, like a rubber seal on the inside with three ball bearings mm-hmm. type thing you know, and those wore out and those were very expensive to replace. Okay, And I, I tried to get it done under warranty work, but they said, hey, you know, this is just, it's not, and I don't know if they ever resolved it or if they ever had some way of fixing it or because, it, you know, if I replaced the motor mount, it was because, well, you know, it back in the sixties and seventies, because the engine broke it because it was twisting, oh, yeah. uh, is the way I drove it. And, uh, so anyways, uh, that, that was – if if anyone that's listening, if you have one of those variable cylinder engines, it's very possible that you could we have problems later on. Later on. Vibration yeah. issues. But, and, that's what I, and that's what I was told because of the transition okay. through the – things. But anyways.
3: How long, though, I mean, all. did it t- take to get that point?
7: Uh, it, it happened at 75,000 oh, okay.
3: miles. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Got it. And, all right. And, and,
7: and the and the van would have went under and 150, but we we wanted a new vehicle, so we you know otherwise it was still kept going. Cause it,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Thanks, John. That's really cool. You know, some of these things with the cars, um, like the um, like that two, that four to cylinder down, or the you know, like that Eco Boost, and the and the Smart Stop that stops when you're there. It's it's strange for people. you know, The, the idea yeah. that you can tell the computer to turn off a couple of cylinders or stop the engine altogether and then start as soon as you touch. It's very new stuff, and, and a lot of it is kind of uncomfortable and, and feels weird and makes weird noises in the car. And I hope they do improve on that sort of thing.
4: That start-stop feature to me was... I, I understand the idea behind it, but in practice, in the real world, yeah. that is such a horrible feature. Yeah. And the fact that the, the starter and the battery both have a lifespan that is programmed into the car and they have to be replaced at a certain time and it will actually give you a warning that you have to, there's time to replace those. And they're expensive, they're two or three times the cost of the parts for a normal car that doesn't have that feature. Sounds
3: like the motor mount issue.
4: I smell conspiracy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. Hey John, thanks for uh, giving us a call this morning. You're
3: welcome.
1: All right, see you later. See you, Thank you. Thanks.
0: Here's a, Here's an interesting uh, thing on the Cadillac Escalade. I'll hold it up for you people streaming it. Uh, it's funny how cars can have poor reliability, but the owners love them. And it, it's cars are an emotional thing. You love your Escalade, but reliability-wise, it ain't so good. Uh, it's There's a lot of cars exactly like that. Uh, the number one... A car in people love more than anything is is a Corvette. Well, the Corvette is not that uh, reliable compared to a lot of others. So, uh, when you buy a car, it's fifty percent emotion and fifty percent. Well, you love your Model
3: S, your Tesla, and um, but you talk regularly about some of the issues you have with it. Exactly, you look past it because Yeah. yeah. The cool thing about it is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I got you. Be surprised. There's not a day goes by. Nancy and I, this morning, had a problem with a Tesla. Uh, the other day, uh, we couldn't get a window down. Well, the reason we, the reason the window wouldn't go down, is because we've been inside a building and we left the car in the parking lot and we had it in doggy mode. We got back in the car and uh, uh, we wanted to put the window back up and the window wouldn't go up. Well. It won't go up when it's in doggy mode. You uh, can't move the windows in doggy mode. Can you just tell the car to go out of doggy mode? <laughs> right. no, I didn't. I I mean, can you vo- I, I, voice you, control? You, you, I think you probably can. Yeah, yeah. You can do a lot of voice control. Yeah. A lot but of voice the, the point being that you can overcomplicate a car. You can make a car that will do a whistle, a Dixie, yeah. and uh, and tap dance if right. you want to. Well, uh, but <laughs> if you make it too complicated, it won't get you from here to the to no.
3: Walgreens. No, I, I got, I've talked about I have a Sequoia, a yeah. big SUV. TV, and it has all these different modes like crawling yeah. over rocks and this load sensing stuff and there's buttons all over the place yeah. and I hit them all the time when I'm like putting drinks in my cup holder. Car will start beeping, yeah. lights will start flashing and I'm like, going, I hope something bad doesn't happen. The display Usually screen I've got yeah. is
0: absolutely amazing. It shows all the cars in front of me, all the cars in back of me, all the cars to the right of me, left of me, they're moving around. They differentiate trucks, pedestrians, pylons. It's, Motorcycles, it's like bicycles. A, it's like watching a movie, and you can become mesmerized by You should by watch the, sc- the road. It, right. You can become mesmerized by the screen. So, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know,
1: the trunk on the Tesla can be uh, popped easily, yeah, right? Too easily. Unbeknownst to us. <laughs> uh, but I, I have a certain way to close that trunk easily yeah
0: don't, don't if i tried it it would crush the trunk let's put it that way she sits on it folks she sits on it. all
1: i have to do is just sit on it and it closes very easy you're talking you know about what? the frunk by
0: the way not the trunk not nah, the funk the frunk.
1: funk the funk yeah. hey uh, ladies and gentlemen pick up that uh, latest edition of uh mystery uh, the uh, Consumer report, I got the mystery shop on my mind. Um, yeah, the mystery this uh, consumer report is uh, really interesting. It's the uh, March edition and uh, it has all the top rated cars, SUVs, trucks, and uh, it also goes into some detail um, as as far as uh, the most and the least satisfying models in their class. Uh, So there's some great information there. Our number here, if you'd like to get in touch with us, is 877-960-9960. And uh, you can also text us at 772-497-6530. Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Okay, I just I want to give you a name that you've heard on the show before. It's a Chinese company named BYD. BYD. And uh, we've talked about it. They're a uh, very, very significant electric vehicle manufacturer. And there was an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal this morning, uh, and it has to do with BYD aims to expand in the U.S. via Mexico. Now, regular listeners will remember we talk about BYD uh, being the number one manufacturer of electric vehicles in the world. Well, you're going to say, well, I thought that was Tesla. It used to be Tesla. Uh, It isn't Tesla anymore. So Elon Musk is hearing footsteps. Very exciting. Now, we don't have any BYDs on the roads here because there's a 50% tariff that the United States charges on any uh, cars coming here from China. So uh, they can't compete. So Elon Musk has immunity. Uh, BYD is, is killing him in China and other places. So um, actually, he has gone on record now as saying BYD is a major threat to all auto manufacturers in the world. <laughs> we got to stop BYD. Now, um, uh if they open a plant in Mexico, they they avoid the 50% tariff. They still have a very small tariff that uh, Mex- cars built in Mexico have to pay. But a lot of you know, U.S. manufacturers are using Mexico to manufacture cars because the labor is cheaper there. And, of course, labor is cheap in China, too. But... Uh, BYD can have its cake and eat it too they can have cheap labor they can build a car that is outselling Tesla electric vehicle I'm talking about and they also can be competitive now uh, in the United States so uh, remember you heard it here first folks Uh, if you're thinking about buying an electric vehicle uh, but you're not quite ready be sure uh, when the time comes when you shop around check the BYD out because we'll probably have them uh, in this country in another couple of years
3: not yet, but yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. we don't go to war China. I, I
0: and mean, that's a huge tariff, fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you can't. I mean, and 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 Elon Musk is building Teslas in China with no tariff, and uh, so it, it's uh, it's going to be. Uh, I see, it's your best friend. It's called competition. It's like, where would General Motors and Ford be without each other? Uh, where would uh, one time I would have said Chrysler? Now I'd say Toyota, Toyota, Ford, General Motors. Uh, thank God we have those three manufacturers selling cars here, because competition keeps everybody honest. Competition keeps the prices down and it keeps quality up. So competition is the consumer's friend.
3: Yeah, the uh, during uh, Trump put a 27.5 percent tariff on Chinese-made cars. And then, and the next administration, Biden's, they they toughen that in the Inflation Reduction Act. So mm. it might be a while to get, before you can get an affordable one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a really expensive one.
1: Okay, 877-960-9960. or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And I was reading where China's BYD outpaced Tesla in total electric vehicles sold. And uh, Elon is, uh, he's not worried about it. Okay, Rick.
4: I've got one here that I think is going to interest you. Um, Oop, I just, where'd it go? Ah, sorry, I suddenly minimized my window somehow. <laughs> okay, uh, this is from Donovan. He says, Shell, Shell Oil Company, last week closed all of their hydrogen fueling stations abruptly and permanently after these closed there are just 47 stations left and about half rarely have the hydrogen fuel this apparently is california a lot of toyota mirai and hyundai nexo owners are now really not happy because they're struggling to find fuel for the vehicle they bought yeah a lot of them say that toyota and hyundai need to buy back these vehicles because they were sold something that they cannot refuel It's another example that hydrogen may not be the fuel of the future for consumers. Hydrogen has gotten very expensive over the last 18 months as these problems have come in. Today, it costs about $150 to refuel a Mirai. And he goes on to say, uh, let me get down to this next section where he's got, he says, uh, speaking of BYD, BYD will be the largest automaker by the end of the decade, he's predicting. Yes. They're going to build in Mexico, and they're already a top seller in South America. BYD has their software development in California. They're not stupid. They make some of the best batteries and make a very good product. That's it's, where they started, yeah. He personally drove a BYD SEAL in Europe. Really? Apparently one of the models that they have. Oh, so. darn. I gotta say, and Donovan has been like right on the money with a lot of his information. So this could be something to really watch for. Yeah, uh, the
0: I think the CEO is named Wang. He's he's uh uh Chinese, he's uh uh a scientist by education scientist and engineer and he he was building this amazing battery, the best battery in the world. That's what got uh uh, Warren Buffett uh, interested in, in in BYD, and Warren Buffett, as you know, is probably the greatest investor that ever lived, and uh, and also probably the richest investor that ever lived, and he bought uh, BYD uh, stock um, years ago, 10, 12 years ago, uh, when they were just a battery manufacturer. So they decided, well, if we can build these great electrical batteries, uh, then Wang says, uh, let's let's try to build a car. So he built a car, and they laughed at him because it was kind of a piece of junk. But he kept on persisting, and now he's got something that's going to possibly knock Tesla right out of
4: the saddle.
1: And, and the he cars
4: might just get the whole world on on yeah. his side.
1: And the cars are cheap; they're small. It's a good strategy. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> competition,
0: competition, competition. Thanks, Donovan.
1: Donovan yeah. always has a lot of information to share yeah. with us, yeah. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have our regular caller online from Jupiter Farms, and that is Frank. Good morning, Frank.
8: Well, good morning to you all. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to hear your show and have a Saturday morning and you. maybe a little oh, thank you. listening. Um, this last week, we went in to have the wife's um, SQ5 Audi have two years' service, which included an oil change and checking things out. Car has only 14,500 miles. And um, they're already saying, oh, by the way, it's an all wheel drive. So here's our first question It seems the front tires have worn out quicker than the rear tires and they say now we need to replace tires um at 14,500 miles I thought that was pretty odd but for and the front tires were down to two tenths of tread while the rears had four tenths so anyway um is that indicative of all-wheel drive that the front tires because I'm not really sure how that I knew like front wheel drive tires sort of ran out quicker
4: Well, even with the all-wheel drive, uh, the front of the vehicle still got the majority of the weight for the engine and transmission, the way they're located. So when you're driving the car, that's where all the weight is. It's mainly under the deceleration, that as you're slowing down, the weight of the car is coming forwards just by inertia. And of course, that's putting more force on those front tires. So it's not so much the acceleration or the continuous driving that's wearing on them, it's, which slowing down is where you really get most of your tire wear occurring because that much weight pushing down on the tire while it's slowing down causes that increased wear. Um, have you been rotating the tires regularly?
8: Well, I would have thought they did that during the first service, which was last year, but um, I don't believe they did. And I, I took it upon that that's what they do during... One of these, you know, very expensive oil changes and things like that. Right. You
4: know, well,
8: um, they like, and they didn't rotate them this time either.
4: Yeah, one one of the for, one thing to, to bear in mind as well is when you get a car brand new from the factory, all manufacturers do this. They have certain tires that they get from the tire companies. Uh, they're ones that you cannot buy. They only come on the brand new cars. And they're a softer compound tire so that when you drive that car off the lot, it's like riding on a marshmallow. It's smooth, it's soft, it's comfortable, it's nice. And then you've driven the car for a couple years, you got some miles on it, now your tires are worn out, it's time to get new tires. And now you're looking at the price of those tires and you want the best quality for your money. So you're gonna get tires now that the tire manufacturers have designed get the highest miles that you can get, and they're a little bit harder compound. They don't ride quite as nice or smooth, but you don't really feel it because you're concentrating on getting the best bang for your buck on those tires now. So it doesn't matter that they, don't, they aren't that soft, squishy, brand new car feel because the car's yeah. gotten broken in a little bit. Uh, so the first set of tires are always going to wear out a little quicker anyways. But what I would recommend is actually now this, this does bear in mind the tires front and rear have to be the same size. And there are some few cars out there. The back tires and front are different sizes. As long as they're the same size, you can rotate them and just stop in at like a tire kingdom. And it's like twenty or thirty bucks to have your tires rotated. And by doing that like every three to five thousand miles, you'll increase the lifespan of those tires quite a bit.
8: Oh, okay, three to five thousand, yeah, okay, well. They, you,
4: do. There, there. And, and Audi, of course, is gonna charge you an arm and a leg for their oil change and their tire rotations. Uh, they're very proud of their service, they're very proud of their people, and so they, and of course, they, you know, they're Audi, so they wanna charge you everything. Uh, you can go to a local independent shop and have that exact same work done at a much, much discounted price and get the same quality, uh, talk with the shop, make sure they're using a good quality filter and quality oil and that they're gonna stand behind their service and always save your receipts from it. So that way, if something occurs with the car in the future and you have to go in for warranty work, you can say, hey, look, I had my oil changed here, 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 here. I had these services done. Just because they weren't done with your manufacturer, your service department, they were properly done. And that protects you in the long run.
8: Okay, here's one more question with this, you know, checkup. They um said the um, E F I, the engine on, um, I guess the fuel injectors. Yeah, it needs that cleaning service. And it said um, it needs. It says immediately, it requires immediate attention. The system injects fuel your. Well, you know what E F I is. How yep. can how could that? If I mean, we're buying we're buying our gas at Costco. I would imagine that that gas must be all right. It's not shell super maximum cleaning formula. But is that something that could actually need cleaning that early in in a car's life?
4: Costco is a top-tier fuel, perfectly safe to use. And what I would recommend first is uh, look in your glove box for the manufacturer's recommended maintenance schedule. And if that EFI service is listed in there, that factory Audi says it should be done, then you should go ahead and do it. If Audi, the the manufacturer, doesn't say it, it's the dealership just trying to throw some fluff on you. They're just trying to to squeeze some more money out of you.
0: Frank, thanks for the call. we got a couple callers waiting here, so if we've answered all your questions,
1: we'll move on.
8: You you did. You all have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. You too, Frank. Thanks,
1: Frank. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Howard. Um, Howard gave us a call earlier, and uh, we were unable to take his call. Howard, good morning. Thanks for calling back.
9: Good morning. Nice uh, talking to you guys. Hope you all well. Uh, I know it's going to rain later on, but so far we can enjoy the morning. Uh, I have a question about about tires. Also, why don't we used to crisscross tires? Uh, why don't we do that anymore?
4: Radial tires. Uh, Steel-belted radial tires, if you swap them side to side, you're changing the direction that that tire is spinning, and it's very likely you will create a pull to one side or the other. Uh, We have cars come in all the time to the shop. They say, my car is pulling left or it's pulling right, and I go for a test drive and say, yep, okay, it's definitely got more than it should have for that road crown.
0: Describe specifically what a radial tire is versus the previous Uh, Design.
4: Okay. Uh, It used to be the the body of your tire, you have the rubber tread, and then underneath it, you had these polyester belts, and then you had another rubber seal inside that would keep the air inside the tire. Those polyester belts were laid down basically in just a straight pattern, and when they switched over to what were called steel belted radials, they actually have them in sort of a crisscross pattern. And the tires will develop a set, and as you're as it's rolling, it'll actually begin to drift one way or the other. And there's also something that's called tire conicity. And if you were to look straight down on the on the tire, straight at the tread, although you really won't be able to see it, one edge of the tread is going to actually be a larger diameter than the other. It's kind of looking down like at a cone shape. You'll it's so minute you won't see it. But what happens is when we put the tires on your car, as you're rolling down the road, if both of them are cone-shaped and going in the same direction, that, that pointed end, it'll make the car drift or pull. So we'll cross those tires. That reverses that cone shape. And quite often, we'll even switch the tire around on one wheel yeah. so that the two will cancel but each other radi- out. The radials are far better. Than- and, and the car will go straight. Yeah. Steel-belted radials ride a lot better. They... they are more durable for the road, but they do have that tendency that they can create a pull. So we have to set those tires up in a way that it will go nice and straight down the road. There, There is a full science behind it. Uh, but it's, it's always best that we rotate from the front to the back, back to the front.
9: Okay, one more fast question about the Corolla. I hear there are two different types of Corollas coming out, and one has a seat that folds down, the other doesn't. I think it's called a cross
4: so
1: yes.
9: uh, Corolla. Can Corolla Cross
4: that? is a—it's a small SUV, uh, sport utility vehicle. So it's got the big hatch in the back, and the back seats can fold down to give you a lot of extra storage area.
9: That's great because uh, I'm not going to be traveling to New York too much, and uh, I don't need—you uh, know—I don't need a trunk because where I live, you have to have a trunk, otherwise it could break in. Uh, so that's that's good
1: news. Thank you very much for your Yeah, Howard. Uh, the you know, Corollas, boy, I'll tell you, they have really come a long way, haven't they? Oh, yes. Great car. And hey.
4: just to mention on that, most of them do have a, a small tonneau cover so that when you have stuff stored in the hatch area, you pull that cover over, nobody can look into the window and see what's back there.
1: Exactly. Uh, ladies, um, I uh, have $50 left here for the next new lady caller. And uh, I have a question for you. Um, did you um, understand your financing costs before you even went into the dealership? It can be very confusing, and uh, it's a good thing to look into, unless you're paying cash. Uh, so give us a call, 877-960-9960, and we're going to go to uh, John in Palm City. Good morning, John.
10: Good morning. Welcome. The topic came up this morning. Of hydrogen. I have a question for Rick. Did you ever hear of an
4: ammonia-powered car? Ammonia? Yes. Ah, uh, well, that is a new one on me.
10: Well, some ships and some trucks have already used it. Toyota and Chinese uh, motor company called GAC are experimenting with it. It uh, has a lot of advantages. It's carbon-free. There's no CO2. Uh, it's, it, it can be toxic, though. That's the one negative about it. And if it's deadly, if it's exposed in the air or in gasoline, liquid, it can be dangerous. But it is be experimenting with, and it is ammonia-powered cars. So I just want to mention it. Wow. The negative is, though, that can be toxic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Toyota has some prototypes. I just Googled it. John, I'd never heard of an ammonia-powered call, but that's uh, breaking news. Uh, uh, Toyota is working on it. I'm a Toyota dealer, and I didn't even know about it. it was, uh,
10: with uh, the Chinese auto company called GAC, they're working on it together. So hmm. uh, I don't know what the future is, but I just happen to mention.
0: I mean, the mere I, thought of, of having a smell of ammonia when you're driving a car. I mean, that'll that'll bring you down. I I can't stand to be around ammonia, but uh, uh, I imagine they've got it sealed in there so tightly you probably don't smell it, but it'd be a marketing challenge, you know, come in and buy the new ammonia-powered
4: car. I just, (laughs) I don't see it. Well, for a while, when we had R12 in the air conditioning, a lot of companies were trying to get, and obviously the the government was cracking down on r 12 because uh, of the ozone problems, they were trying air conditionings that had a propane-based gas as its refrigerant. And the problem that they found was most times when a leak occurs, it occurs in the inside in the evaporator core. So you'd have to worry now if someone lit up a cigarette inside their car, they could suddenly be driving a fireball.
10: <laughs> I agree with you. I just want to mention Fast Tomorrow... There's a big race, Daytona 500, and there's new race cars involved with Toyota and Ford. Mm -hmm. So it should be very interesting, brand new race car divisions of them. And um, if it's going to be rain, possibly, but they'll they'll run it on Monday. So just want to mention it to me. I I like it better than even the Super Bowl, and it's held tomorrow.
0: John, you're an old guy like me, so we can uh, digress a bit to uh, Daytona. Uh, You probably remember that started, I think the Daytona race started about 1956, 57. And one of the early uh, uh, superstars of, of the Daytona 500 was Fireball Roberts. Do you remember him?
10: Yes, I do, Earl. We were both in high school at that time.
0: Oh, wow. Powerball Roberts really put Pontiac on the map. You know, my father started a Pontiac dealership in West Palm Beach in 1937. And Tom Pontiac was just a so-so car. You know, everybody outsold Pontiac. And uh, uh, finally, uh, they st- decided to start building more performance cars. So Pontiac started building a couple of faster cars. And they'd get three two-barrel carburetors and uh, dual four barrel carburetors and four on the floor and then uh, they put one into the uh, Daytona 500. Fireball Roberts drove it and won the the, uh, Daytona 500 and from that point on, Pontiac soared in sales from nowhere. They were at one time challenging, at that time, this is how long ago, uh, Oldsmobile. <laughs> so they, I think they got number two to Chevrolet. Uh, Pontiac was third in sales, probably from 14th to third, just because of the Daytona 500.
10: And for many years, they were number three car, seller, yeah. Pontiac. Yeah. And you bring nostalgia. My favorite car ever, ever, and I think you owned it. Is a '57 Pontiac, tri-powered or
0: fuel-injected carburetor? Oh, yeah. yeah, triple, uh, triple two barrels. Well I, I had a, uh, I had a 1961 uh, four-on-the-floor, uh, three-two-barrel carburetors, and at that time I think I was the, the fastest wheels on the road. I said, I'm reliving my childhood now with my Tesla. By being well. having the fastest wheels on the road.
10: <laughs> Those were the days, my friend. Yeah. Hey, hey,
1: John. Did you see on um, the ma- mature men that they interviewed uh, on the uh, out at uh, Daytona yesterday? And they were no, talking a lot that. about Bobby Clark and uh, the good old days.
10: I didn't see that, but it's the youngest people now. That are drivers, if you looked at the lineup.
1: Yeah, exactly.
10: The youngest people, I think, in history, which is great. Yeah. The youth is involved, and it's very important that uh, racing is for safety. A lot of things, seatbelts and all, have been developed. I used to remember when I was a young person, I went out to the stock car races, and in those days, the stock cars had seatbelts in them when nobody else heard of them. Yeah. and they weren't uh, required by the automobile manufacturers.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
10: All right, guys. Thank you, John. Let's go into the shopping report.
1: Oh, thanks, John. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, ladies, I do have $50 here for the next new lady caller. Give me a call. And uh, you can win yourself $50 today, and you can share some information with us, uh, and uh, we would love to hear from you. We're going to go to Brian, who's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Brian.
11: Good morning. First time caller. Been listening for a couple years. Thanks for taking the call.
1: Uh Uh Oh, thanks for listening.
11: So, I have a 2018 uh, Chevy truck and a 2019 Chevy truck, and both infotainment screens have failed uh and speaking with many of my friends that also own chevy trucks there's got to be one out of every two unfortunately i have two out of two uh failures on the infotainment there was a uh, class action suit that was brought and failed so my first question is what kind of makes a successful class action and why did
0: this fail Oh, as far as uh, uh, um, uh, what was the question?
4: He's uh, what makes a class action lawsuit when you've got a, a, a common failure in a vehicle. Oh,
0: okay, okay. I'm and sorry.
4: they they had a class action lawsuit, yeah. but it failed. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, yeah. What typically causes class action lawsuits to fail is you can't get enough people on the class action that you have. Uh, you the, the the court the, the judges require that you have uh, a certain minimal number of people. I, for a long time, have been trying to get a class-action suit against car dealers <laughs> for, for hiding fees and adding them to the advertised price. Uh, the attorney general and the regulators won't do anything. They won't enforce the laws that are already there. So I talked to a class-action attorney in Fort Lauderdale and uh, he said, I'd be glad to handle the case, but you need to get me some people that will sign up a representative sample. Um, the lawyer himself is not supposed to do that. Uh, if a lawyer, uh, there's an ethics question with lawyers soliciting uh, clients, of course they do it anyway, but it's uh, apparently I have an ethical class action lawyer. He says, I can't do it, but if you will. So on this show, and I'll repeat the offer, I said, I'd like to do a class action suit. You lawyers listening out there, if you would give me your contact information, uh, we will put you on the list. I will give it to my attorney who will do file the class action, and uh, he will try to get you money back because on the, on the basis of all the people that had to pay, if you're in Florida, you probably paid $1,000 $3,000 in hidden fees when you bought your car. OK, so uh, the uh, class action lawyer would be able to get back uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and that would be divided up among anybody that was hurt. But we can never get uh, class action losses off the ground because people don't want to come forward and give them their name and say, I want to participate.
11: Well, I'd definitely participate in a suit on this again, but uh, thanks for that info. And just a quick second piece, Uh, being that the repairs are $1,200 a piece, um, I was going to do it myself. Who would you recommend um, for obtaining the infotainment screens from? So kind of secondary market, I, I think what they're doing is, is acquiring these and you send in yours and they send you someone else's that they've fixed is there anyone that uh, you would recommend to source the screens from
0: well as far you know, for repairing your car how do you where did the1200 dollars come from uh, who quoted you that
11: the dealers yeah. multiple dealers.
0: Well, for the first thing is you need to get a, a competitive bids, and you need to get uh, uh, two other repair facilities, independent or dealer, uh, to uh, give you a quote. Uh, get the quote in writing. Uh, a reason for that is that when they work on your car, Florida law says if the quote is in writing, they have to remain within 10% of the amount they quoted you. So that protects you there. Competition will probably bring the price down below uh, Uh, $1,200. I would be sure that the technician assigned to your car, you you should know who he is. Don't just take it into a dealership or a shop and trust the shop or the dealership to choose a technician. Tell them you'd like to know who's working on your vehicle and and is he ASE certified? Um, And that's a um, Automotive Service Excellence, automa. It's a national uh, foundation co- company. Uh, Rick Kearney, for example, sitting to my right here, he's A. S. E. certified in all the different skills, and he has to go every five years to be recertified. And every five years, trust me, with technology moving the way it is now, it's like a whole new ball game. So you're he's staying on top of the game. So get get three bids. Uh, get the quote in writing and be sure that an ASE certified technician qualified in that particular skill is assigned to your car.
11: Well, thank you for that
1: information. I appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome, Brian. Thanks for the call.
1: Have a great day. You thank too, you. Sir. Uh, we are going to go to Dawn in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Dawn.
9: Good morning. Um, I just wanted to.
0: No, did you ever shop uh, Al Packer on uh, uh, Southern Boulevard? You know, we have, but it's been a long time. I, Al Packer has uh, been around for a long time in this market. Uh, uh, I remember, uh, I don't know how long you've been here, but when he first started out in business, I'm going to say 40 years ago, uh, his son's in it now, and his daughter, I believe, but uh, when he first began, he used to do these TV commercials and they called him Granny Packer. And he put a, an old lady's wig on and it was, uh, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, 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 but we haven't shopped him in a long time. As I recall, the last shopping report that we did was pretty good. Uh, why, have you had an experience, Don, yeah. with an Packer?
9: Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I traded in an Expedition, a 21, contemplating that I'm going to get a Cyber truck sometime this century, and I was wearing it out. So mm-hmm. I uh, bought it in there and, and ended up buying a new one, a 24 mile. Mm-hmm. And I paid sticker price for it. I want to say uh, that their salesman was great. His name is Goody. Mm-hmm. The sticker price was what they quoted. Uh, the dealer fee was $500, which I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I got the full price I was asking for my 21. I mean, it was a great experience. It just
0: took a while to... Well, that's great. Uh, I really appreciate you on that. We don't get uh, too many phone calls for probably obvious reasons. Uh, commending dealers, but we we want to be unbiased. We you know we're not here to put dealers out of business to embarrass them. Uh, we're here to help you, uh, the consumer, find a good dealer. And when you find a good dealer, like Don did, uh, his, his experience with Alpaca Ford in West Palm Beach was quite good. And so uh, that we'll, we will put Alpaca on our mystery shopping list to to check him out, verify. And uh, we will also say based on Don's recommendation, you definitely ought to compare uh, Alpaca Ford, if you're going to buy a Ford. Uh, the recommended dealer that comes to mind for buying cars is Molnex, although we've had a couple of calls from, from the same person uh, who, whose friends have had bad service experience with Molnex Ford. But sales experience has always been excellent. So you got two Ford dealers, so you people out there thinking about buying a Ford, and you're in South Florida area. Check with Molnex and check with Alpaca. And thank you very much, Don.
9: Yeah, you might remember, I was the one that helped you buy get your Tesla. I talked you into it, you told me one time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
9: Remember the red one, your you're plaid. But anyway, uh, after I had this experience, bought this car, guess what happened the next
0: day? I got well,
9: my notice from from yeah. uh, Tesla that I was going to get my Cybertruck in six weeks.
0: Very good. Wow. That's Very good. great so news.
9: I, I just need to hold on to that car another day, and I wouldn't have to trade it yeah so, anyway yeah Don, anyway, thanks sure for the call
1: you bet. okay thanks for all the information you shared with us too uh we're gonna go to rick <laughs> we're gonna get some texts and some uh, youtubers
4: well we as our tradition is we will start right off with Anne marie uh she says good morning i was strolling down memory lane checking out old TV commercials on YouTube, and I came across this Midas Muffler ad from 1975, where an old gentleman drives up his Ford Model A to get a new muffler under the Midas Muffler Lifetime Guarantee. The guys ask him if he'll ever sell the car, and he replies that he wants to keep giving them the business. The ad prompts an observation and a question. Earl, you have a program for Tires for Life, where if a customer buys a car and has it regularly serviced at your dealership, they can get Tires for Life of the car. Under your Tires for Life program, what is the most sets of tires that a customer has received and on what vehicle were they driving?
0: Thanks. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I hate to say I don't know. Uh, what uh, w- Typically, we're replacing the factory tires which, uh, Rick, you uh, referred to earlier, uh, the tires that are on the car from the manufacturer are not tires that you can buy. So they might be called Michelins and they might be called Firestones, but they were designed by Toyota, in my case, and the... The Michelin or or uh, Goodyear or Firestone or whoever uh, uh, manufactured the tire to Toyota's spe- specifications. So when we replace a tire, uh, we're replacing a, a tire designed by Toyota. Uh, and as you also indicated, the rubber is uh, very soft because, uh, and I, you know, I, I all the manufacturers do this. They want when you test drive a new car and when you buy a new car, they want the softest, smoothest ride possible, so they use the softest rubber. Uh, that uh, You can say that another way uh, if you want to be facetious, saying they don't care that you get as much miles on your tires as you should, but that's true too. It's a trade-off. If you want a real smooth ride, they need to get a treadwear index that's very low. If you want a uh, a long-wearing tire. You want to get a high tread wear index, which is harder rubber and it lasts longer. So, uh, we replace the tires with tires that we check to see has. We we, we focus more on long wear, uh, partly from a selfish standpoint because. We, we have to replace the tires because we're giving you free tires. So we, we'd rather see you get 50,000 miles on a
4: set of tires than 20,000. Well, I can personally tell you from the shop that I have replaced tires on cars, several different cars, several different vehicles, usually Camrys, Corollas, uh, ones that people keep for a long time that are in the two hundred to 300,000-mile range. We're still putting tires on their cars under the tires for life program. Yeah. So I uh, basically that I mean if if you keep your car for a long time when you're under tires for life, you're going to get them. Oh, we and... can't we
0: can't be doing commercials though, so I pre- uh, Okay, but I appreciate that. She
4: that was just for for <laughs> to answer her question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we we've we've done some really long mile cars there. And let's see. Um we've got one here from Steve Maggs he says, "Earl, in light of Ford's missteps, Ford Motor Company's uh, missteps, what are your thoughts about its continued ability to remain in business?"
0: You know, I, uh, I, I think Ford is not the only one that has got a problem about remaining in business. I think, I think a lot of these companies that are call themselves auto manufacturers now will either go out of business or become something else uh they may become battery manufacturers they may may become software companies uh, cars themselves are uh are going to become a commodity and if you look far enough down the road and if you're a, a ford or a general motors or a toyota or a honda you got to look way down the road i mean, uh, uh, the average person i mean the the average age uh, is uh w- what is it uh, 75 85 i don't know what it is now so the average person uh, doesn't look down the road you, you look during your remaining lifespan uh if you're a company uh you're going to look you have to look 100 years down the road so i think all the companies now that will be here for a while will be the ones that that evolve and uh I think Ford, if they if they if they're going to make it, uh, they're going to have to be probably something like a a software company or battery manufacturing company, electric vehicle manufacturing company, uh, and if everybody decides they want to be an electric vehicle manufacturing company, guess what? Only the strong will survive. So it, it's going to be BYD, Tesla, and probably four or five others.
4: And.
1: Okay, we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to uh, Bob. Thanks for your patience, Bob. Bob's calling us from Pompano Beach. Good morning.
12: Good morning, guys. I enjoy your show, by the way. I just wanted to let you know about tires. Uh, I got to one place in uh, town, tire place, for years. Last time I was there a few weeks ago, I have a uh, Mercedes S-Class. They replaced the tires. And he said, leaving the place, he says, oh, by the way, you need brakes. Oh really? Okay, well, let me. You need a bed, so uh, I brought it over to the Mercedes. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, not not the dealership and Mercedes people. I bring the car to. He says hey, you don't need any brakes there at all. He says, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I mean, I really it infuriates me because I've been going to this place for years. and I trust them, and in fact, I just brought the, uh, the Corvette I have there, and. Um, my daughter brought her two Toyotas there for change tires. I don't know why they do this these people. And in fact, there's a something on there when they change the brakes last. There's like a sensor in each brake that lets you know when you're down, the pads are down to replace them. So I, I can't
4: understand why they do that. Well, unfortunately, some places when they get a younger tech in, the technicians will look at the brakes and the shape of the brake pad can be deceiving if you don't really have a lot of experience and don't understand how to judge the actual thickness of that brake pad without disassembling the brakes to really get them out and see them. It may look like that pad, is like this, the friction material, is getting very thin, but it's actually that the edges are curved, Right. so it's thinner at the outer edges and right. thicker in the middle. Right. so I that can be so that, that's one thing that can happen and I really, unfortunately I
12: really trust these people I mean I'm really surprised uh, I know the owner and uh, he's on his way out and his son has taken over but uh, yeah. I suspect that's what may have happened anyway uh, one other thing I went to trade in the car the other day and um, order a new one a Mercedes they said the S-Class in another five years is going to be all electric cars
4: oh yeah, interesting to hear that Electric cars are the, seem to be the wave of the future, yeah. but it's just it's we're seeing some interesting little doggy steps as it's getting there. It's, yeah, it's like see, it goes sideways every so often.
0: Electric vehicle sales are still growing quickly. They just aren't growing as quickly as they were a year ago. A lot of people are looking at the statistics and saying, "Oh, you are growing it." It was growing at 40%. Now it's only growing at 23%, which is, I think, the number. Uh, growing at 23% is still pretty strong. So, uh, the fr- you know, the the, the the buyers like me, I bought a Tesla just because I'm one of these crazy people that likes to have something new. Right, right, right. And, uh, but uh, pretty soon, uh, there was an interesting uh, survey done by Consumer Reports that 34% of the people in the United States have never seen a car. Uh, electric vehicle in their neighborhood. They've never ridden in one. Uh, they don't know. Have a friend who drives one. So uh, more than a third of the people in the United States are clueless about electric vehicles. Once that happens, that's kind of what, uh, what happened with me. I started seeing Teslas on the road, and I said, I wonder what that that's like. So Nancy and I went by the Tesla dealership, and we test drove one, and whoa! They went. Uh, the The salesman took us out on a demonstration to ride. Florida, it. And uh, I felt like I was uh, you know, a rocket on the way to the moon. Right. And I just, I'm a kid at heart, so I said, we got to get one of these. So uh, until you experience an electric vehicle, you're not going to buy one. And we still got a long way to go before there are enough on the roads where people can even see one.
12: They're trying to, they're trying to trade mine in for, uh, I think it's called Equus S. The Mercedes has it now. Mm-hmm. The electric uh, car they have. The only trouble is I'm in a condominium, and I don't
0: know where I'm going to charge this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. A lot of people have that problem, and uh, uh, that, that, that problem is solved in two ways. First of all, there's going to be chargers probably on every street corner before you know it, just like we used to have gas stations. And also, the battery range is going to go probably to 1,000 miles before you know it. And uh, if you've got a mad battery with 1,000-mile range, who cares about having a, t- a charger on every corner?
4: Not right. to imagine quick charging.
0: Yeah, and quick yeah. charging. Yeah, there. yeah.
4: Uh, I'm just
12: wondering if the condo could get like a quick charger. And, yeah.
0: um, and Bob, uh, here's here's a technology. You mean, uh, Rick brought up for the first time. Uh, he probably uh, talked about this a year ago. Uh, in Germany, they have uh, uh, they have an underneath the road. There's a uh, call it a grid. There's a there's an inductance charger. So when you drive on that road through inductance with no wires you're charging your car just by driving on the road there's also uh, inductance chargers very expensive now too expensive in your garage so uh, imagine being able to drive your car get out of your car uh, go in the house and while you're in the house uh, uh, you know and come back it's already charged again so uh, charging and range all these obstacles will be overcome and and I pray, I won't be here to see it. But uh, me, in 25 years, there'll be is, nothing but EVs on the road.
12: Let me ask you a question: Is you 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 have a electric car? Yeah. Is it true that after like some people say I'll charge it every night, I'll just plug in it every night? Does that weaken the uh, the the, uh, the uh, durability of the battery after a while?
0: No, Which it's that's it what is. I thought too. Years ago, that used to be the case. Uh, yeah. It's no longer the case with modern batteries. Uh, uh, the reason I plug mine in uh, every every, t- I, I plug, every time in the garage, I pop it in the in charger. Uh, it doesn't even begin to charge until midnight. And the reason uh, it doesn't charge till midnight is I've got it programmed so I only charge my car when Florida Power Light, our power company, lowers their charges. So I that's save uh, a high percentage on charging just by very, charging at midnight.
12: I heard that's a very 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 good deal by yeah. FPL. But the trouble is, um, for seven thousand, they told me I can have an electrician hook it in my my um, what they call it my my uh, uh, electricity and just put it by my parking spot. I have a parking. How much? Uh, seven thousand dollars.
0: Wow, well.
12: They go and they they go to your meter and they um, yeah. Where my car is under uh, in, in, in inside garage, and they they snake it over to your parking spot and they. Uh, they put it there, and I guess you put a lock on it. or something that not everybody uses. Yeah. It. I think the trouble I, we're having here is people just pulling in and using our electricity in the market a lot.
0: That's and, outrageous. Um, I, 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 think, I think you'll probably see that price come down, too. Because uh, just think of the percentage of people that are like you. Uh, Nancy and I lived on a condominium for years and years. And, uh, and so... Uh, to get to that population, somebody's going to come up with something creative, like a mobile charger or something that you can roll up and charge your car, uh, and it ain't going to cost $7,000. But that's interesting.
12: Now, let me ask you, like in a four or five years, I traded my car usually every four or five years. I didn't trade in a Mercedes uh, 16 because of this the wacky prices they wanted. I went to trade in, and they wanted like a, a $15,000 over and above the 136000 they wanted for it. It's like the higher end one and uh now i might trade in but these electric cars are they with the batteries going bad eventually are they uh, they lose a lot more of their value the trade-in
0: well depending on the generation that you're buying uh just like the 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 driving range and the charging uh, abilities all this is improving uh the one that with that is the longevity of the battery so the, the answer is yes batteries Will always wear out. There's probably yeah. going to be um, a, a time, you know, when you're going to. But the same thing is true of transmissions and and engines and and everything every, everything eventually wears out but the the life of the batteries will, will get extremely long you know one one little neat thing that uh, i don't think they do it anymore but that that solve that problem is you don't own your battery you own the car and you swap the battery out they did that in Israel I thought it was a great idea but it never caught on uh, instead of buying a car you so to buy an electric vehicle you buy a car with a a battery that uh, you lease, uh, or you don't even lease it because you, when you go into a charging, instead of a charging station, it's like a gas station. Guy runs out, pops the new battery in, pulls the old battery out, and charges it. So I thought that was really a really cool idea. And they, it, it worked in Israel. They had one company doing that. but They
12: have a lot of electric cars in Israel. My daughter was there yeah, the, yeah. six months ago before this problem happened over there. And uh, there are a lot of them. But you have to realize, too, Israel is a very small country. Yeah. country. yeah, they come up with some creative I stuff. I used to go up to uh, um, New York and you know, in, in like two days. One time we did it in one drive. We had three drivers in the car. Yeah, uh, It's hard. The electric car right now is kind of like, uh, that's one of the deficits.
0: Yeah, it's not for everybody. And, and it won't be, uh, it never will be for everybody. But uh, you won't have in 2025, not, not 2025, uh, Probably a, a little after that, you won't be able to buy anything but an electric vehicle. So Sixteen or eighteen states are making it illegal to sell a combustion engine car in 2025. So
12: right now, I think that's kind of yeah. won't work for a lot of people. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you really need a car and drive a lot, uh, you can't yeah. stop and recharge it all the time at this at this point. But I yeah. think in the future they can. It might work. Yeah. Well, listen, you you and your daughter have
0: a great show there. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate Thank you. your listening and calling in. Uh, exactly. we, you're greatly appreciated.
1: Interesting conversation. Thank you, Bob. Give us a call again. Uh, we're going to go to Roger, and uh, Roger's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Roger.
13: Hey. Good morning. How are you today? We're great. I got a, a mechanical question for Rick. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I own a. 2017 uh, Nissan Quest, and um, basically uh, about a month ago or so, I, I I'm a home mechanic, so I replaced the brake shoes, and I had the, this is the front wheel, the dro- the uh, rotors turned, okay, so I put put everything back together, and uh, about a week later, I started getting this noise, a roaring noise when you push on the brakes, and you don't hear it till you almost come to a stop, and it's getting louder as I go. So I put there was ceramic brakes, so I'm asking, what do you think is causing that problem?
4: Hmm, um, when, you, when you replaced them, the shims, you made sure you transferred the shim plates over from the old pads? the shiv plates that were on the brake pads. Right. They should be on the back, on the metal side of it, not the friction side. I didn't
13: transfer them over.
4: It came with them. Oh, it came with new ones? Yes. Did you put a little bit of lubrication in between the shim plate and the pad? Yes. Okay. And when you cleaned up the, the little ears where they mount up, did you add a little bit on those as well? Yes.
13: Yes, I did. Hmm. Now, let me tell you this one thing, and I took it back and they gave me another set, but one of the shivs came loose. If those shivs come loose, would that cause that kind of a
4: noise? Uh, that is possible, yeah, because if, if it shifted and when you apply the brakes, your your rotors are always going to make a little bit of side-to-side motion anyways. So if it's got that, that little shim plate has moved and it's contacting the caliper, when it vibrates of course that could definitely make some odd noises uh that'd be the first thing i'd be looking at do you think uh i'd I'd be checking on those shim plates again to see if any of them have moved out of place
13: okay so it couldn't be the the guy told me when he turned uh the rotors he said that they were warped a little bit but he was able to turn it out Mm -hmm. so that couldn't that that wouldn't be the problem right no
4: not if not if he turned them correctly And as long as their thickness is still within specification, then you shouldn't have any problems there. Because I I resurface rotors all the time that are warped, uh, have thickness variations, whatever. And when you put it on the machine, if it's mounted properly on the machine, it grinds a thin layer of metal off and brings them back straight and true. Uh, The easiest way to check for that is get up to highway speed. on a a road where you got a few moments where where it's safe to do this, and kind of give a a really good, hard, almost to a panic stop, to where you're almost going to make the ABS kick in. And if your steering wheel stays nice and straight with a good, hard application of the brakes, then you know those rotors are nice and straight.
13: Okay. All right, thank you so much, and I'll check the the, uh, shivs. Can I ask a second question? A real quick one. Real quick. On the same quest, the, um, I mounted a uh, trailer hitch, and um, it seems like to me it's dropped it's, it's lowered a little bit since I put it on there, maybe a half inch or so. How can I raise get it? What would I have to do to get it back up, where it should be? Or is there any way I can get it higher?
4: Uh, without looking at it, it'd be hard to say, but the f- again, first thing I'd be checking, recheck the torque on all your bolts. Make sure that they're torqued properly, because if something is loosened up, that may be dropping down and creating that gap for you. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Roger. Okay, we're going to go straight to the Mystery Shopping Report. Mystery Shopping Report is that uh, we did uh, Cochrane Kia in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, and I remind all those folks out there that we we want you to listen to this and vote on it. And after the shopping report, uh, give us a vote A, B, C, D, or F if you fail them. Uh, I remind you every week that we score on the curve, and so there are no. Uh, I started to say there's no absolutely terrible dealers, but there are. So
1: no, <laughs> Stephanie. give them an F. A, <laughs> Naples, I started,
0: There are no perfect dealers. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, but uh, understand that the average dealer is where we we, we we draw the the water line. So if he's an average dealer we give him a C. If he's better than average, we give him an A or a B. If he's worse than average, we give him a C D or F. But uh, don't think in terms of absolute terms because it's very difficult.
1: You can uh, vote at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two Or
0: or YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And we get a huge number of votes there. We appreciate all you YouTubers out there. Rick monitors YouTube. So YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Um, Again, this is a mystery shop of Cochrane Kia in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And our Agent Lightning is in that market up there now. She's, I think that's her home. And she's visiting, and so she's, uh, you know, having fun doing some mystery shops. Uh, I'll speak in the first term as if I were the mystery shopper. Her name is, undercover name, of course, is Agent Lightning. I arrived late in the afternoon and was greeted by a customer service representative uh, as as opposed to a salesperson. Uh, She uh, warmly inquired, what can I do for you today? Eagerly, I responded, I'm hoping to see if you have any new Tellurides in stock today. She followed up with, is there a certain trim level you're looking for? And have you been in contact with anyone here at the dealership? Um, That's a courtesy to a salesperson that may have been dealing with you, uh, worked on providing you with information. Uh, and uh, also to you because you'd probably like to continue with someone that you've already conversed with and not have to repeat yourself. So uh, that's a that's a that's a positive. Um, I said, no, I haven't been in touch with anyone. After excusing herself, the customer service representative uh, walked uh, over to a salesman to see if he was available to assist a customer interested in the uh, tellride, a Kia Telluride. They both approached uh, shortly after, and she introduced him. His name is Marty, um, is gonna, gonna help you. Hope you have a great evening. So uh, I'm now in Marty's hands. He says, uh, he extended his hand, uh, greeted me, and invited me to join him at his computer. He kindly inquired, which features are you looking at in a teleride. Uh, she's looking for, I was looking for something middle of the line. If you have it, I replied. Marty checked his inventory and excitedly shared, we have 12 in stock. Hmm. Now, I'll digress a little bit uh, here because uh, this is the time to buy a car. If you're a regular listener, you've been hearing me uh, for the past three years say, next year was the time to buy a car, and I was wrong. And I'd say again, next year, and I was wrong. Finally, we're here. (laughs) Next year is here. 2024 is a good time to buy a car. Uh, Dealer profits are dropping, the markups are dropping, and the dealers are more competitive. Inventories are getting way up there. So now, if you've been waiting, now's the time to buy a car. Uh, But be careful. Listen to the show. Uh, Look at erolencars.com. Get the information you need. Before, so otherwise, you'll still take a, a be advantage of. It. I mean, in the past three years, you were going to pay a high price, even if you were a good shopper. Now, if you're a good shopper and an informed consumer, you will get a really good price. Um, so he's got 12 telegrides in stock, which mean, which is, you know, that's a lot of one model for any dealer. A year ago, you wouldn't hear this. Before proceeding to go uh, over all of them with me, I, I settled on the new 2024 Kia Telluride EXV6 AWD, all-wheel drive, in blue. It just hit the lot less than an hour ago, he told me. I'll be right back with the keys and we can go take a look. There was a Moroni label, properly affixed to the car. If you're from South Florida, you won't see that very often. They take them off the car, which is a violation of federal law. But in uh, Cochrane Kia in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Monroney label was where it was supposed to be. Uh, very hard to make out because of the information because of the glare from the sun. However, I was able to see that the MSRP was $45,675. About three minutes later, he returned, explaining, the keys are still upstairs since they just arrived, but would you mind coming with me to take a look? Despite the weather, it was 40 degrees, we walked outside. Doors were locked, but I managed to glimpse inside through the window. I'm already mentioned, if you decide you want to buy it, if you have the time, we can rush the inspection and get the keys for you to drive it. Back inside, he requested my license. I handed my floor license. It was much different. Up here, he observed, unlike Florida, <laughs> this is really, I mean, it kind of makes me ashamed to be a Floridian, but uh, you regular listeners know it's, it's true. Now here's a, a, a car salesman in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, telling telling a customer that unlike Florida, we have mandated fees. We can't overcharge for vehicles like Florida does. He shared stories of customers who flew in to purchase a vehicle and drive back home due to the savings. So that's what's been going on in case you are on Mars for the past three years and didn't hit the COVID thing and the uh, microchip shortage and all the other craziness. Uh, People are flying from Florida to Pennsylvania. I I ran into a person in the parking lot the other day that flew to Michigan to buy a car. Uh, I mean, it's crazy what people were doing not to get uh, taken advantage of if they live in Florida. At any rate, he explained we're buying this vehicle to keep up uh, here with our son, uh, keep here with our son. We're planning on registering and insuring it here uh, under his name, and I'll likely co-sign with him. After discussing financing and cash options, uh, Marty, the salesman, filled in a a few numbers on his computer then printed a worksheet for me uh, along with a window sticker it was hard to see the details from outside. The worksheet was refreshing to me. Uh, Usually they're pretty tricky. So uh, this one was uh, refreshing. The top line was MSRP, and that's supposed to be uh, a guideline, uh, a benchmark to see what sort of a discount you're gonna get. That's uh, what it was designed for when it became federal law in 1958. So the MSRP was $45,675. There was a $1,061 discount labeled dealer discount. And it really is a dealer discount. They added sales tax, it's supposed to be, and uh, that was $676. And an estimated registration and fees. Now, I circled fees because there's always a question. Are they taxable fees or non-taxable fees? If they're non taxable, their government fees are legitimate. If they're taxable fees, they're junk fees. So I circled that, and we'll, we'll see about that as we go along the report. An asterisk indicated there was some fine, but not too fine, print. Actually, I looked at the photograph. The print wasn't fine at all on the worksheet, which indicated the estimate, estimated fees included. Okay, here comes a junk fee. $464, they called it a dock fee. I call it a junk fee. Uh, a $58 notary plate fee, uh, again, a junk fee. Those are both taxable fees, uh, and that would be the asset test. And a $21.90 online registration fee, again, a junk fee. You add all those together, they're about $544. And uh, so the out-the-door price was 48000 Four thirteen, but remember, I'd gotten a discount, a, a dealer discount, which was a uh, thousand sixty one. So they actually did discount it about five hundred dollars off of MSRP. And if we'd been having the show six months ago, that wouldn't have been the case. So prices are coming down. I thanked him for everything, and the Ethador by the price, by the way, was forty eight thousand. Or 13, and I thanked him and I left. I thought about my experience as I, I drove away. Marty was thoroughly professional, ensuring there was no pressure on me. He highlighted a $1,000, $61 discount and confirmed there were no dealer fees. Well, there were, uh, uh, but uh, they were, uh, you know, I don't know why uh, this is in the written report. There were dealer fees, junk fees. He detailed all the fees at the bottom of the sheet and was eager to answer any questions I might have. Interest- Interestingly, he asked if there was anything about my previous cars that I didn't like, uh, my previous cars that I didn't like, a question I'd never been asked before. Now, uh, I'm, uh, this is a memo to myself after finishing this report to ask Agent Lightning in the future shops to persist a little bit because uh, even though there was a discount. The MSRP was the MSRP. And the uh, even after small junk fees, there was a uh, uh, discount, net discount off MSRP. I believe, had she gone back to the salesperson and say, uh, I'm going to shop this car with another Kia dealer in Pittsburgh, there's probably three or four of them, and uh, uh, if your price is the lowest price, I'll buy from you. Can you check with your manager and see if he can sweeten the pot, do a little better? I believe she could have done better. So uh, we need to we need to push this a little bit. We just can't take it at face value. Even in Pittsburgh, and I'm not comparing with South Florida or even Florida. Florida is terrible. South Florida is beyond terrible. Uh, and Pittsburgh uh, and Pennsylvania and most of the other towns are not as bad. But you're still going to to have to negotiate. And competition is the way to negotiate. So there we are. Uh, We're going to vote on this. And as I reminded you at the beginning of the mystery shopping report, uh, average dealers are C, uh, better than average is a B or an A. A is really, really good. We've only got a handful of A dealers on our recommended dealer list, which, by the way, is at earloncars.com. EarlOnCars.com We only have a handful of F's failures on Earl and Cars. If, if if we give a dealer an F, they probably ought to be in the slammer because I we only really give terrible dealers F's. A D is a bad, bad dealer. And <laughs> and F is a criminal dealer. So uh, uh, keep that in mind when you're thinking about the greed. Uh, we'll go out and see... Uh, uh, Rick, do you have any grades coming
4: in yet? We are coming in with them. Uh, we're going to start with Bob from Maryland. He says B minus for Cochrane Kia. And ah, here they come now. Doug Tesler says Ella gives them a B minus. Tom Steckel says B plus, good sales approach and minimal fees as compared with anything encountered in South Florida. Negan one, I say a B. Over here we have Tim Gilliland What? No nitrogen? B (laughs) Johnny Z Fradley Fair price Small fees No add-ons B plus Scott H Sr. says B Mark Smith B Decent Kia dealership Guy Larrabee I rate this as a B plus on the curve Because of the junk fees The Oz man Discount was greater than the junk fees Not too shabby A minus. Brian said Latko, B. Uh, Bill Broadhead says JM. I'm not sure what that grade is, but uh, okay. Doug Tesler, uh, oh, a Sim says a B from Doug Tesler. Getting multiple votes in from Doug. Joseph Kelleher with a B. And Jonathan in Palm Coast, you don't have to fly to Pittsburgh to buy a car. You just have to be educated. Look out for tricks, lies, and scams. Agent Lightning showed us the junk fees for even in Pittsburgh. The combination of no pressure salesman and junk fees will garner this dealership a B from me. A good deal or bad deal lies in the hands of an informed consumer." And for me, um, I'm going to say an A minus. I like this place. Mm. I think their dealer fees are pretty small. Mm-hmm. I think it's worthwhile. And from Frank and Jupiter Farms, looks like all dealerships have junk fees, obviously worse than South Florida. For Pennsylvania, a B. Plus. And that's all that we have right here for the. All op- right.
0: Nancy, what do you say?
1: Well, I think it's. Your hometown, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I'm ready, ready to go back. Ready to go back to Pins- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm going to give them an A. Uh, this was really uh, a nice mystery shop, all the way around.
0: Wow. Am I sure I heard that right? An A.
1: You did indeed. Wow.
0: A. Wow. <laughs> you know a little hometown prejudice. Red there. Letter Day.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little geographical bias. Uh, I'm. I'm going to give him a B minus. I almost gave him a B. Uh, I think that. Uh, I think I think if we press that a little bit, I, I, I think we probably would have had those junk fees taken off. if If, if she'd pressed it and they take the junk fees off, I, I might have given them a B. Uh, I, I want to remind all of you, if you weren't listening earlier, that we are recommending that you go into the market and start educating yourself, Don't start buying, start building your information. Uh, is to the car you want, and then start shopping. It is a good time to buy a car. Uh, the 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 last quarter profit reports on the largest car dealers: uh, AutoNation, uh, Ashbury Group One, Lithia, Penske. These are the big boys. Auto AutoNation uh, profits plunged 35 uh, percent. The profit per car has dropped uh, precipitously. Uh, the uh, average price of a new car sale has gone down thousands of dollars. So uh, you you had to be desperate to buy a car a year ago. Today is a good time. It, 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 it's just going to get better. Uh, the uh, amount of cars inventory is soaring. Uh, dealers are looking at it three times, four times, ten times as many cars as they had. So... Uh, that's you, you, all the ingredients for a good deal are falling into place and just follow our advice and shop carefully uh, be sure you get prices from at least three dealers out the door
4: and uh, you can buy a car in 2024 at a really good deal Hey Earl, uh, Frank from Jupiter Farms was asking, please ask Earl if he knows Mark Drusicki who had a Toyota dealership in Iowa I met Mark yesterday
0: Wow, uh, I don't think I know him. Although for some reason it sounds vaguely familiar. You know, dealers get together, and like you know, we have a lot, we have national meetings, and uh, we, we travel to these meetings. So you're running into all sorts of people. Uh, he'd be from a different group of dealers because the dealers in the Southeast United States are under Southeast Toyota, which is a regional distributor, and Iowa is under uh, the Toyota manufacturer directly. So uh, Southeast Red Distributors buys their cars from Toyota, and then they sell their cars to us dealers in the Southeast region. So. Hmm. But it does sound familiar. I probably met him at a national meeting or something. Small world. Yeah. Uh do we have a quick time for uh, I know we're almost out of time but uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue uh, has been remiss in not getting us a a video for a dog and we spoke to them before the show and they're going to be back providing us with a a video for Big Dog Ranch Rescue uh, again next week and it's very important to us because Big Dog Ranch Rescue is the biggest no kill shelter of any shelter in the world I mean uh, certainly the United States. They keep dogs there for years and years. They don't euthanize the dogs and they desperately need to find homes. So if you can foster a dog for a couple of weeks or you can adopt a dog, uh we we pay the adoption fees, uh which are about two hundred dollars. They have a <clears throat> sometimes they have sales for less, but uh Big Dog Ranch Rescue, they're in actually Loxahatchee, Florida. Look at the website com or BDRR.com Big dot, dog org. dot
1: .org
0: B-dot .org, I'm sorry, dot .org, O-R-G Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready to wrap it up.
1: Uh, we have a couple of minutes left. Oh, oh do I we? Okay, well
0: let me go, let me go pick do Pick up it.
1: one of those uh, copies to... that you yeah. shared uh, with me this morning.
0: Yeah, I touched on this last week, but it's an interesting fact of life. In uh, fact, I touched on it earlier, talking about the Cadillac Escalade. Uh, j- just because a car is not a great car and gets a lot of high scores by consumer reports doesn't mean that you're going to love it. Uh, uh, Nancy and I love our Tesla, and quality-wise, it can't hold a candle to other type cars with combustion engines. Uh, it's, a, it's not as reliable, but we love it. Uh, and uh, so, when we tell you, don't buy this car. Uh, buy what you love. I mean, if you can afford the additional repairs, additional insurance, go ahead and buy it. Uh, the the uh, the, uh, uh, the best cars. Uh, the owner satisfaction, the highest owner satisfaction, is on the Rivian electric vehicle. Uh, I mean, a lot of you wouldn't buy those on a bet. Uh, uh, the the Mini, the BMW. So. Uh, Drive the car, look at the facts, look at the reliability, look at the cost of ownership, but also look at, do you love the car? You buy a car because you want to have fun. You want to enjoy your car. So uh, check consumers' report, and you can find out not only which is the least expensive, the most reliable, but also the one that you love the most.
1: Yeah, March edition, your top-rated cars, SUVs, and trucks. So pick it up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. We enjoy your company, and we'll be right back here next week at 8 a.m. Same time, same station. Have a great weekend.